In today's show, we're looking ahead to Sunday's action in the NBA, what we're watching for injury news and streaming options. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, we're looking ahead to Sunday. Action in the NBA. Some interesting things we need to pay attention to. Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton, we'll talk about that. The Josh Primo news, we'll talk about that. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um,. Pelicans Clippers is the first game we're going to be looking at here. Quite a few injury situations we need to be aware of, of course. Um, Zion and Herbalife Jones are both questionable, as is the big fella, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> but we already know that Dyson Daniels, the Dustbuster, and Brandon Ingram are both out. Obviously, Jones and Williamson being sidelined, if they are in fact sidelined, would imp- improve the value of Najee Marshall, had a career high yesterday. Um, Trigger Trey Murphy, uh, Jose Alvarado gets a boost in that scenario. And with Kawhi out, you get more for Storm and Norman. You get a little bit more for Marcus Morris, who's going to return as well. For the Pelicans, we'd seen two games where Larry Nance had outplayed Jonas Valanciunas. And in the last game, Valanciunas got way more minutes and Nance barely played. So we really want to watch the split there. Now, Valanciunas is easily the better fantasy player. And he's the guy that we're rostering. Nance is a streamable sort of player who's got value now, but if it's going to be up and down like that, that does make it tough. I still would hold Nance with Ingram out, the potential of Zion not playing, and the Clippers going small, which really does mean that value of Nance improves in a match like this. But we want to see exactly how Willie Green manages that rotation. For the Clippers, Storm and Norman Powell had been bad, 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 and then he was really good. Like it's, The reality is somewhere in between, but what we always want to watch is minutes, right? So if Kawhi is out, he'll have good minutes. We're pretty confident with that. But how it rolls if Kawhi is in, where does Storm and Norman fit? How do the minutes look? Is he a rosterable player? For now, he is. We also want to watch Johnny Wall. This is, I believe, the first game of a back-to-back for the Clippers too. So does Wall play in it? What are his minutes look like? He's rostered basically everywhere, despite not being a top 150 or top, not even top 200 player, I think. The potential's there. We've seen flashes from Wall. But it's just not happening, is it? And well, I want to see what they do, minute split, how much him and Reggie play together, and how they uh, how they work all that stuff out, because it is important considering he is rostered basically in every single league. Wizards Celtics is the second game. Um, the Celtics are eight point favorites. The totals two hundred and twenty five. Denny Avdia really disappointing last game. I thought with Delon right out, we'd get a few more minutes from Denny. In fact, we got fewer minutes. So the logic there doesn't doesn't track. But hey, that is NBA coaching. So let's see where Avdia fits. Is he just a steals and blocks and assists sort of streamer for deeper formats, rebound guy? Um, or can he move into 12-team territory? Well, Brad Beal, 
has been pretty good. I think he had that back tightness issue and then came back and was really awesome the next game. He is rolling along at a pretty high clip, and that's strong. For the Celtics, Grant Williams will return from his one-game suspension. He's had some really weird performances. 200% shooting nights, an off night there. He's fine as a 12-team league guy. I think his upside is relatively limited. We probably want to re-add him just to see what happens. And then Malcolm Brogdon is questionable with back stiffness. If that is the case and he is out, then Derek White's value really does maximize. Maximum Derek. Hey. Um, but otherwise, White and Brogdon have been sort of splitting minutes, making them both really hard to label as must roster. But with Brogdon in doubt here, we make White more of a priority. Kispert is out. Dylan Wright is out. Rob Williams is out. And as I said, Brogdon is currently listed questionable. The Warriors and the Pistons have a back to... Oh, sorry. The Warriors have a back-to-back in this game. Um, Pistons hosting them. The Warriors, eight and a half point favorites. The total is 231. I want to watch Blunty. Because like John Wall, he's rostered in tons of leagues and he isn't very good. People are... There are plenty of backup centers, I believe, that are worth rostering over Wiseman. Okongwu, Duran, uh, Big Dick Nick Richards, uh, Hartenstein, um, I'm sure there's another one that I'm, that I'm missing there, but there, there are plenty of them. Akong, I said Akongwu, Akongwu. It's like five or six backup centers that I would rather roster over Wiseman, yet he's rostered nearly everywhere. Now, this has been a good week for Wiseman just in terms of schedule, but let's see. Can he actually do something to justify being held in as many leagues as he has been? I haven't seen it. And I also want to say, Jordan Poole, mate, can you get to 30 minutes? Now, I do expect, this is a back-to-back for the Warriors, I do expect that Clay sits... And I've listed Draymond there as questionable. I don't know whether Draymond's going to play. But surely this is the game where Poole plays 30 minutes. Surely it is. Because he's struggled so far. For the Pistons, Jaden Ivey's last two games have dropped off. And what he has done the last two games is sort of more indicative of how I expected him to perform in the first two to three months of the season. The problem was, the first three games, he went out and blew that out of the water. So people's expectations. People aren't going to want to drop Jaden Ivey. I'm not suggesting to drop him now. But I think we're going to have a stretch where he might be like the 190th ranked player for two to three months. But because he put up those top 80 numbers in the first three games, that burns into our head. Oh, I saw what he did. I saw what he did. And then we see these numbers where he has 11, 4, and 2 on 38% shooting. I think we're going to get more of those. I'd love him to prove me wrong. And I don't even know that I've got, I'm not even convinced that I'm right. But we've seen the drop-off start to occur there. I also, speaking of drop-offs, I want to watch the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, because... I, I don't think he's very good. And with Boyan Bogdanovich on fire, with Cade and Ivy out there and Stewart out there, Bay is sort of disappearing. He's not a droppable player, really. 10-team leagues, maybe. But any sort of breakout upside, I don't really see it coming for Bay. Again, can he prove me wrong? That's what we want to watch. We want to see what the role is. But is he going to sit there and have six shots again and then not contribute in any other category? Because if that's the case, then that isn't a 12-team league player. So we want to pay some attention there. DiVincenzo will be out. Alec Burks uh, will be out. Alec Burks. Marvin Bagley also. And then the Clay and Draymond situation. We don't know exactly which direction that's going to go at this point. But we do know the direction that BetOnline is going to go straight to number one for football and basketball betting this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information including live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The NFL is rolling whichever week this is, and my Miami Dolphins are three-and-a-half-point favorites 
over the Detroit Lions. Should be more like 20 points favorites, to be honest, because we're going to kill them. Big Tua, the king, MVP, comeback player of the year, offensive player of the year. He's going to win them all. And you can check the odds for all of the NFL action, all college football, all sports over at betonline.net. So head to the website today. Go check out Major League Baseball World Series, the NHL, boxing, MMA, and golf. Or you can use your mobile device to do all of that as well. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Knicks and Cavs. Um, the Cavs are four and a half point favorites. The total is 224 points here. Quentin Grimes is out again. I don't think that, like, remember, oh, he's the sticking point of a Donovan Mitchell trade, allegedly. I don't think he's even going to get 20 minutes a night. Or is he even going to play? When the, when's this guy coming back with his foot issue? Really frustrating. Um, Garland remains out with that sliced open eyelid. Yuck. Um, we thought maybe back on Friday, but he's going to miss Friday and Sunday. So we hope next week he returns. And then Ravishing Rick Rubio still remains out with the ACL. For the Knicks, the burner Jalen Brunson. And I, again, I hate always feeling like I'm being negative, right? But Brunson put up that huge game the other day, and that was fantastic. And everyone talked about it. Man, the Knicks, we finally got a point guard. It's so great. Look at Brunson. What a steal at this contract. We love it. He's dominating, dominating. And then the next game... Yeah, he comes out and has 13-3-2 on 30% shooting and literally no one mentions it. But for fantasy, it all matters. So be re- again, it's just another example. Be really careful of what media and what analysis you're taking in because it might skew your perception, especially if you don't have someone like Brunson. Because if you have him, you'll go, yeah, I, I saw that terrible game. But if you don't, you might go, man, he went crazy. He's killing it in New York. He's unbelievable. I'll trade for him. But it all balances out. And This is not to say he's bad. He's the 55th ranked player, which is basically bang on where I think he was getting drafted in most leagues. But there's the big games that really get highlighted and there's the bad ones, which nobody talks about. So be really careful where you're getting that information from. I hope he does better. Isaiah Hartenstein, it's been frustrating. It feels like the only way for him to get 25 is for Robinson to get into foul trouble. Okay, I get that. Um, and again, he falls into that, that boat of those backup centers. He can still produce at a solid enough level to be a 12-team league option. But the upside is really limited by Mitchie's presence. So I get if you do want to drop him. He's 111th this season in 25 minutes, but those minutes will probably come down. And over the last three games, he's averaging 21 minutes, and that pushes him to 150th. And that is that is tough to hold. For the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Um... Well, yeah, he was scorching last game. And again, yeah, people will... will you know, that's fine. I put myself in a, in a public position here and I, I make comments on almost every player in the NBA at all times. And I said, hey, this guy's killing you. Field goal's bad, free throw's bad. What's he doing? Is he even gonna, What's he going to do when Garland comes back? I'm not really sure that he maintains value. And then last game, he had 41-4-7 on 57% shooting and 92%. Of course, the games before that, he shot 25, 29, 33, and 29 and had 10, 10, 14, and 10 points. Like, terrible games. But that last game jumped him up about 100 ranking spots because of just how crazy it was. Like it was insane, the numbers that he put up there. He is a hold. We still hold him. His steal numbers are also through the roof at the moment. We still hold him until Garland returns, and those six and a half assists that he's averaging are really strong. But I'm not sure where he fits when Darius returns. But for now, it doesn't matter. Let's see what happens. Like, are we going to have one good game, four shit ones? Where does the reality lie? And then Chetty Osman, who struggled in that last game, but he'd been playing really well. He still remains a streaming option without Garland, but dropped off a little bit of value. Um, 
Let's look at the Wolves and the Spurs. The Wolves are five and a half point favorites. The total 235 and a half. Goose, Anthony Edwards. Why can't he shoot free throws anymore? Not that he was a great free throw shooter. And I was always quite skeptical of him as a top 15 or top 20 or even a second round player in drafts. But I don't did expect him to be like a 60, whatever he's 64%. Um, he's at 60% from the line. And that's obviously hurting his value. That is going to jump back up. The fact that he's also not getting any steals and blocks is hurting too. So let's see, can some of this turn around? And then also Jaden McDaniels, who is blocking a ton of shots lately. Scoring output is really all over the place. Like these last four, 19, 10, 11, 4, 20, and 6. But he had seven blocks in the last two games. He also had four blocks in his first four games. So the numbers are all over the place for him. He's wildly inconsistent. He shot 89, his last three games, 25% shooting, 89% shooting, 29% shooting. It's all over the place, but it's making him a top 100 player so far this season. The block numbers are very impressive and we'll see whether they can continue, but he's been really good most, most of the time. For the Spurs, I talked about it on the week three preview about the Josh Primo stuff and now more information has dropped. It was always going to be one of two things. Either that he was dealing with such severe mental health issues that he he couldn't play anymore. Um, and he tweeted out a statement basically saying, yeah, past trauma and mental health, I'm trying to work on myself and you'll get more truth. And now the news comes out today that no, the Spurs actually had multiple allegations of him getting his cock out and exposing himself to women. So you know what? That's That's why they cut him. He can, maybe there's there's probably some sort of mental health component. I'm not going to dig into that. But the reason, allegedly now, according to Woj and Ramona Shelburne, is that he's uh, whipping the snag out in front of people who don't want him to whip the snag out. Simple as that. So the Spurs say, hey, see you later. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. So that's why he was waived. And yeah, so this mental health thing, uh, who knows? There's got to be trauma and mental health. All this sort of stuff is going to be tied in. But it wasn't just... Um, one of the, the two things were, it's either going to be something pretty bad or he's dealing with significant mental health issues that he doesn't want to play anymore. And it turns out it was something pretty bad that Josh Primo did. So he's gone. So Trey Jones gets a real boost in value there. Josh Richardson gets a boost in value. The problem here is that Richardson's actually questionable for this game, um, but he would be a good stream. And deeper leagues, Blake Wesley. Ahead of Romeo Langford last game, he might be able to get those backup point guard minutes. I think he's an interesting player. He's not going to do much for 12s, but he's an interesting deep league guy. Unfortunately, Devin Vassell remains out with this knee problem. This is getting a little bit worrisome. Let's hope he is okay. And I don't think this is a fake knee injury because if it was a fake knee injury to tank, they'd also sit Keldon Johnson and they haven't or Trey Jones or Jakob Pertl, right? I think there is something actually going on and that is definitely worrisome there. Kyle Anderson and Jordan McLaughlin are both questionable as well. Magic and Mavs. Dallas is nine and a half point favorites. The total is 219. Cole Anthony, Michael Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Davis Bertans, Frank Nilakina, uh, Gary Harris, he who should not be named. They are all out. I think Mo Wagner's out as well. And then JaVale McGee is questionable. I forgot to put the little back-to-back designated here for the Mavs, but they have the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. JaVale McGee is, at the time of me recording this, he is questionable. He's going to sit, it looks like, one of these two games and Dwight Powell will start. I just don't know which one he is going to sit. And they're going to keep Christian Wood in the bench role. Last game, the Magic started bowl bowl. They went with four power forwards slash centers. And the 
the playmaking went through Paolo and Wagner as expected. Those guys are basically point forwards, both of them, and they handled that point guard role. So no, RJ Hampton's not an ad. That game was also pretty weird because they the Magic pulled all of their starters with 10 minutes to go in the game. So Mo Bamba was able to go bananas in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Hampton's minutes pushed up. Um, Caleb Houston's minutes pushed up. And all his starters played like 25 minutes. Now, as I said, we're watching Bol Bol, who is a 12-team league guy and is going to remain that while these three guys are out. I don't know how it's going to go when Anthony Fulton Suggs return. But for now, he is. And then we want to watch Terrence Ross, who's got the minutes. He's just not taking any shots. He's going to blow up at some point and have a big game. Maybe it's this one. I don't know. For the Mavs, I'm really impressed with what Josh Green is doing. And whether he or Tim Hardaway can cut into Spencer Dinwiddie's time, that is absolutely something to watch. Green did have a bit of a shoulder problem, but he's fine. He's off the injury report. So we want to watch his production. Also, want to watch Christian Wood, who started out crazy. And we knew it was unsustainable for multiple reasons. But now the last game, he went down to a situation where he played poorly and got limited and didn't really do anything. The reality of Christian Wood, as it is in nearly every case, is somewhere in the middle between those two games. But I'd just like to see him get a consistent 31 minutes a night, 23-24 usage, rather than like, hey, he's 40 usage on 80% shooting, and he's 12 usage on 2% shooting. It's very hard to keep an eye on that or to understand where it's going to level out between those um, two things. Let's look at the Rockets and the Suns. The Suns are a big, big 11.5 point favorites here. The total is 228. Oh, mate, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. He started, and we love that. So there is a potential that, again, some of the early panic on Sengun may have been a little bit too much. So make sure if he was dropped that you add him. I don't know whether he'll continue to start, but. He is now, and their team outside of Bruno Fernando are healthy, is healthy. And he did well last game. And I want to see if that continues. This is also the first of a back-to-back for Houston. Eric Gordon is putting up good numbers. I expect he plays Sunday and sits Monday. But Gordon is providing really solid stream value, especially for 14 team leagues, but even for 12. He's playing a lot of minutes. Some may say too many, but he is playing a lot of minutes. For Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton is out. He's out for at least the next week with a sprained ankle. Jock Landale had been the backup center and playing all the minutes. And then, of course, they went, you know what? Screw you as a backup center. We're going to play Bismack Biombo. Because why would logic have anything to do with what NBA coaches do? That said, that puts me into a position where I go, I don't actually know. Look, Biombo played well. He played well last season. Landale has played well as well. So is Landale, is Biombo going to start it? It appears that way. Is it going to be 24-24? Is it going to be 30 minutes to Biombo and 18 to Landale? I think whoever does get the start is who you lean towards. And at the moment, as much as I think Landale has a little bit more offensive punch than Biombo, if they're going to start Bismack, then he's the guy that I'd probably prefer. But Landale's a better scorer. So if you're looking for a little bit more scoring, maybe he's the guy that you add. And I'm I'm going to be honest with you, I, I I don't know. It's a really big coin toss to me. I probably do marginally prefer Landau just because I know his per minute production is better, but I have no no idea or no lean which way the minutes are going to go or how they're going to split them. I also want to watch Cam Johnson, who, again, remains a must-roster player. There's going to be some iffy nights in there for sure, but he still should not be sent to a waiver wire in any 12-team format. We know Fernando's out. Aiton is out. Wainwright is out as well. For the Nuggets and the Lakers, this is the last game of the day. The Nuggets are three and a half point favorites, no total available. The big stiffy bones Highland went crazy last game. I would not read into that and suggest that is a must roster type scenario for him. But, but with Contavious Caldwell Pope questionable and Davon Reed questionable also, 
maybe there are some extra minutes there. Bruce Brown is going to be the major beneficiary, not Highland, but maybe you take a flyer. I don't think you do. Also, don't drop Jamal Murray. The headmaster needs to be on rosters. It's a struggle for him. But he only played 20 minutes last game because Highland went crazy, so they just rolled with him a little bit more. But I think Jamal absolutely has to be held, and obviously I would have Jamal Murray over Bones Highland on rosters. But the Lakers' Russell Westbrook will likely continue to come off the bench. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. He did play starters minutes, but will that continue when Anthony Davis returns? Will that continue when Dennis Schroeder returns? I don't know. Look, I don't have a problem with you holding Westbrook because if you have Westbrook on... West, West, that was an unintentional Westbrook. Price of the brick going up. If you have Westbrook on your team, you know that your field goals and free throws are going to get hurt. You know that. So maybe you hold him, but I, I don't know. I'm not convinced that the role is going to be there. And Lonnie Walker is basically who I've said he has been. He has now dropped. How far has he dropped? You know, he is a guy that can't really shoot. He's getting a lot of threes. The usage was okay, but he doesn't do massive amounts of anything else. And he's now the 158th ranked player, averaging 13, 3, and 2.5. And like, that's not good. 41% shooting. 15% from three. That will come up. But he's just he's just not a very good category league fantasy contributor. So he's fine to have, but he's absolutely not a must, in my opinion. Schroeder and Brian are out. KCP, Reed, and Anthony Davis uh, remains questionable. For streaming options for the back-to-back, this is Sunday, Monday. We're looking at Farton Will Barton. Marcus Morris, Denny Avdia, Reggie Jackson, Isaiah Livers. Tari preseason, perhaps, because Eric Gordon might sit one of these games. Bob Covington and the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. For category leagues, just for Sunday, we're looking at the Shark, Bruce Brown. We're looking at Dorian Finney-Smith, Paddy Beverly, Maxi Kleber, Jeremy Sohan. I'm very interested to see what Sohan can do because the minutes are pushing up for him. He is definitely, I think, a 14-team league guy, and I have no compunction with suggesting that he is a 12-team league option. I don't think that's going to be consistent, and I think you might have some struggles, but I love I, I love him. I love watching him play, um, and things are pushing up for Sohan. So get interested in, in him. I reckon he is a guy that's available widely, wild, widely that is the word, um, and you can take a, take a crack and just see what happens. But there is opportunity here. Larry Nance is maybe a streamer. Reggie Bullock, uh, um, and Marcus Morris can be a streamer. For deeper leagues, we've got Nance, um, Dean Wadey-Wade, Campaign. I've got Landale and Biombo there. They can both be streamed in standard leagues as well. I just don't know which one. That's why I'm sort of splitting the difference there. Zach Collins, Denny Avdia, uh, Dougie McDirt, also an interesting deeper league streamer. For points leagues, we've got Joshy Richardson. If he plays, he's, a, he's an excellent streamer. He should be rostered. Jeremy Sohan, Jalen Duran, Dorian Finney-Smith, Brucey Brown, Paddy Beverly. Uh, Muxy Kleber and Lonnie Walker. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. And after you're done, go check out Locked On Sports today. It's our 22-minute recap of all of the action in sports every day, um, actually five days a week. Go check it out, Locked On Sports today, wherever you get podcasts. And on YouTube, and you can find this show on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't hit subscribe, what are you doing? Are you that much of an asshole? I'm joking, but of course, hit subscribe, ring the bell, notification, comments, all of those things. Guys, thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.